Blog Talk Radio. If uh, one would uh, open up such truth as the truth of God uh, to the people, I do think that he's within his right to stay out of the sight of the people until he has uh, uh, won everything to himself, as the Bible referred for us to it, like this, that uh, he's something like a king looking for a kingdom, and that he go and he uh, visit the, the people, and then he leaves the people and goes away and wait until the time when that he can secure the kingdom. Then he returns to the people that uh, he had made himself uh, manifest. So I think that is a pretty good uh, answer. Well, uh, I can't do anything without consulting my children. Right. Let's uh, go inside here. We'll uh, come along and I'll show you. Yes, I see Sit right down here. That's it. <laughs> this, uh, this is the same genuine, magic, authentic crystal used by the priests of Isis and Osiris in the days of the pharaohs of Egypt, in which Cleopatra first saw the approach of Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony and, uh, and so on and so on. Now, uh, you, uh, you'd better close your eyes, my child, for a moment in order to be better in tune with the internet. It's frustrating when you just can't express yourself. And it's hard to trust enough to untrust yourself. Stand exposed and naked in a world full of hatred. Where the sick thoughts of mankind control all the sacred. I pause, take a step back, record all the setbacks. And fast forward towards the stars in the jetpack. My feet might fail me, my heart might ail me. The synagogues of Satan might accuse and jail me. Strip crown nail me. Brimstone hail me. They might defeat the flesh, but they could never ever kill me. They might feel the music, but could never ever feel me. To the lawyers, to the sheriffs, to the judges, to the debt holders and lawmakers. Fuck you. Sue me. Bill me. That name on that birth certificate, that ain't the real me. The lies can't conceal me. The sunrise and the moon ties and the sky's gonna reveal me. My brain pours water out, my tin ducks to heal me. My law's too beneficent. The message grab a hold to every ear and get whispered in. The waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening. The universe is listening. Be careful what you say in it. My grandma told me every bed a nigga make, he lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. The work is on the outside. Staring out the windows is for love songs and house flies.
tweeting. Had an unbelievable amount of influential tweets this week from DJ Who Kid, who's out in Hong Kong, China right now, um, working with, uh, you know, he does, he's 50 Cent's uh, DJ. Thanks to him for uh, uh, retweeting. Also, uh, KLPR Group Chaos and um, all the, the great people that have been um, sharing um, and retweeting all around the world. Um, it's really helping me realize and come to understanding that, you know, I really am, um, you know, sharing and providing knowledge and new people you may not have heard of, yet, you know, they've been doing a lot of amazing work for many, many years. And when, in my lo- in my knowledge, I have realized that uh, there's, there's a lot more to than what we have learned in school, even though school can be a great place to learn, if you don't take it home, go home and do what you got to do there, um, it's it could be a detriment, you know. So um, parents, you know, these days really have to do what you can to, 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 to help your kids study at home. But enough about me talking about this. We have uh, Kaba Hayawatha Kamini. Some of you know him as Professor uh, T. Coleman, but his, his, but that was his born name. But he, he, his, his name is Kaba Hayawatha Kamani. Um, and he was kind enough to drop on me and give me a study guide um, where he put together that has over, you know, so much work in it. It's, it's amazing. Every sentence is something new for me to learn. Um, but let's bring him on the line um, because this guy has so, so much knowledge. Uh, Professor Kaba, how are you there? My brother, I am here. Uh, I'm glad to be here, my uh, brother. How, how Doing good, doing good. Thank you so much for coming on the line. I know you've been teaching in the school system in New York for many, many years. Um, you have three wonderful children, if I'm not mistaken, and you actually are a person that took the time out to create a curriculum for those that are interested in learning more about themselves and where they came from. Um, now you have created something called Humanity Born in Africa, um, African uh, World Travel. Um, can you actually speak on like why you feel that um, life has started in Africa and um, and it kind of goes against what science and some religions have said? Well, <clears throat> science uh, is is in total agreement uh, with that concept. Um, of course, uh, according to who is writing the book determines the, the slant that they may have on it. But the bottom line, uh, when you look at the development of the scientific world today, there's no question uh, that uh, life uh, was um, conceived and born in, uh, in the geographical area that we today call the Great Lakes region, uh, which uh, comprised the countries that we today know as Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Congo, and Southern Africa. Uh, and, and there is just uh, so much documentation that centers around that concept. There are scientific principles, uh, such as Glosier's Law. Uh, even the world that we're living in today, we can actually see the evidence of it. And, you know, we can talk about a number of things, but when we look at Dr. Shekhan Diop, my, my brother, let me ask you this real quick first. Did you say that you're at the Source of Knowledge bookstore in Newark now? Uh, no, I was actually going to do the show there, um, but I realized that the service for the Internet was not that good, so I had to go to my office instead. But I, um, but that's right on Broad Street. 
Yes, or... yes. Well, I've spoken there a number of times, and uh, Brother Dexter and Sister Patrice uh, have been great uh, hosts to, uh, to, to great presentations. They have a wonderful uh, cafe up there also for those who are interested in a really nice meal. But um, I was going to say, in conjunction with what I was answering your question, is that they have the books necessary. And the book that I was going to uh, recommend was uh, Dr. Shekanta Diop, D-I-O-P. He wrote a book called Civilizational Barbarism, where the first part of the book deals with the origin of the human family and how it came into existence. And he breaks the human family up into six uh, groups. The first group is Australopithecus robustus. Uh, the next one is Australopithecus gracile. The third one is Homo habilis. The fourth one is Homo erectus. The fifth one is Homo sapiens. And the sixth one that we are a part of, and the, the, you know, the tail end of it, is Homo sapiens sapiens. Now, the evidence that life started in Africa is that the first three parts of the human family, the Australopithecus robustus, Australopithecus gracile and Homo habilis can only be found in Africa. You cannot find those three early uh, fa human family peoples anywhere but in Africa. And the closer you get to the original first one, Australopithecus robustus, you are centered directly in the Great Lakes region of what I just uh, uh, identified as Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Congo, and Southern Africa. You cannot find the human family anywhere except in that area. And then for millions of years, you will only find them, and then you see Homo erectus, the fourth form, in other parts of the world, but not moving that far away from the African homeland, so that the evidence of life coming out of Africa is so powerful, but... What I want to uh, stress to you is that there are some parts of science that would have you believe that the human family became what we may call sophisticated out of Africa, particularly in parts of Europe and Asia. That is just not true. The evidence shows that Africans were conceived, they were born, they were nurtured, they educated themselves, they had a strong, firm grip on agricultural uh, science, astronomy, mathematics, all of the different areas that we study. They had a strong hold of it in Africa, and then they brought it into what we call Eurasia. So there's a concept that, well, yeah, okay, uh, uh, life was born in Africa, humans were born in Africa, but they became smart in Eurasia. That's not true. After Africans got their show together, after they got their uh, schools together, and then they took it on the road and went into other parts of the world. So that is the other piece of science that while they, some will admit that life came from Africa, they tend to make it seem as if humanity got smart other places. Not true. They got smart in Africa, and then they started to take their intelligence other parts of the world. And they peopled the entire planet. The early human beings peopled the entire planet. They peopled America. They peopled China. They peopled uh, Europe. They peopled the world. And then the Ice Age came, um, and they began to depigment themselves in order to survive in the cold, just like we're doing right now. All mm. oh, right, right. So... So I, I remember um, reading that there was a whole block of un, of ice that was uncrossable that was that had people separate 
10,000 years. So you're saying that the Neanderthal is uh, Homo sapiens? Well, the Neanderthal is a name given to a form of Homo sapiens in Europe. But there wow. were Neanderthals in Africa, if you want to say it like that. There were Neanderthals in Africa. But you see, the way in which our books are written, which, you know, you know, my brother Vickens, I want to tell you, it is very sad. As an educator, as you introduced me uh, as, as an educator, I've been an educator uh, in the New York City Board of Ed uh, uh, for over 30 years. I am now presently a professor at uh, State University at New Paltz, upstate New York, about 82 miles north of New York. And um, in my interactions uh, with my students over the years, um, I am saying that it is just so very sad. Even my students that I have now, I, I have more students of other cultures. Because when I was in the Bronx, it fundamentally was students of African descent, and I'm including my Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters in the African family, too, because I see Puerto Ricans and Dominicans as being black to speak Spanish. I speak English, they speak Spanish. However, my, my base students uh, throughout my career in New York City in the Bronx was of African, um, and if we want to say Hispanic descent, uh, I tend to include them in us. I never exclude them like in a special group, but yeah. that was my base. But when I went to college, I came upon a lot of students who were of European descent. It's not to say I didn't teach European-American uh, children. I did, but the most that I've come in contact with was in college, and they just don't know how the world came into existence. And I wonder how people that are grown and mature could ever live a life not knowing where they came from. You know, um, there's a, a brilliant um, uh, artist, entertainer from Jamaica. His name is Rex Nettleford. And Dr. Nettleford once said that uh, to live a life and not know your past history is equivalent to driving a car without a rearview mirror. And I've often thought about that as time goes on. We are living a lot, and because the social structure of what we call white supremacy and European domination doesn't want to tell the truth, the problem is that even students of Eurasian descent don't know the truth. I taught a class, a college class on the African presence in ancient Asia. And I had about, I'd say about 8 to 12 students of Asian descent that took my class. And uh, at the end of the class, at the end of the term, my students, uh, the, 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 like about eight of them were coming towards me. At the, at the last day of class, it was over. They came towards me. And one of them stepped forward. I guess he was probably the one they decided to let talk to me. And he shook my hand and he sang. Now, this was a student from China. I believe he was Mandarin. And he came to me and he shook my hand and he said, you know, I just want to thank you because, you know, we've spoken about this class um, amongst ourselves. And he said, we never, ever even knew about this. He said he went home. He has gone back home to China to visit family. And he said, we see very dark complexion, very curly hair people in our family. But we never wondered where they came from. It was never mentioned. It was never spoken about. He said, but when we took this class and you showed us the African presence in Asia before anybody else, 
He said it made all the sense in the world. And he said, pretty soon, um, if your information gets out there, you really will begin to change the way in which the world looks at themselves and particularly understands Africa. He said, because we never knew this. Nobody ever spoke about black people in China. We never knew what this. And so this information being denied from the people, particularly our children, is detrimental to their growth. Because how can you drive a car without a rearview mirror? How can you understand who you are if you don't know where you've been? And so this information becomes very important. Right. So this is probably why so many um, people are crashing in life because they think they know where they're going, but what their foundation and basis is on based on is a, a illusion, and um, you can't have a foundation on air um, per se. You know, so brother. You, I, you know, I think you're absolutely correct, man. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So when people are, are, you know, listening right now and they're wondering where their life is going or why things aren't working the way they should be, um, it might be because your 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 um your religion is based on somebody that was not trying to empower you or even your economic skills. Um, why do you think um we as a people are not like economically doing what we need to do? Like it's crazy. We're like so reluctant on these um corporations which are derivatives of the 13 original slave colonies so they literally are big plantation corporations so every corporation you see came from the original 13 corporations and those 13 corporations came from the 13 original colonies of which Dred Scott proved that we cannot be citizens of so what is going on Professor Kama? Well, you know, brother, I really do believe that as a people, having gone through a uh, what we call the ma'afa, M-A-A-F-A, which in Kiswahili means a terroristic disaster, uh, which can also be said to be uh, what we call the enslavement of African people post-1500, I would imagine that we have been through such a horrendous mental murder that that our minds have been murdered, we call it menticide, that we have been trained to believe that we cannot do things for ourselves, that we internally really do believe that we are an inferior people. Uh, I believe that that has set the pace because the other piece that I want to say is that uh, there have been very successful black enterprises, even to this day, there are successful black enterprises that have been very uh, um, um, prosperous for the black community, such as Black Wall Street. You have places, and places that I visit where I speak, I've had people in Raleigh, North Carolina tell me of successful black communities, um, uh, business communities in, in, in North Carolina, in South Carolina, in Florida. Uh, we have had successful black uh, businesses in Long Island. I, I once saw a clip on television about a very successful black community in Long Island that was very prosperous. So that in front of us, we do have it, but the thing is, is that we do not talk amongst ourselves and support the types of things that need to be done. When we spoke about uh, the Source of Knowledge bookstore, I'm encouraging people in Newark, New Jersey, or in any of the cities in New Jersey, if you do not have a black bookstore, I would recommend that you put aside $20, put it in your pocket, and go to the Source of Knowledge bookstore and purchase materials. They have beautiful artwork. They have books. 
If you want to go out to have a nice meal, go there. Why do you have to go to a a place that does not uh, 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 represent you? I am not saying that there's anything wrong with them. They're in business. They have a right to be in business. I am not saying that they should not be in business. What I am saying is we should support our own businesses. And and this is something that we have to work out of our system. There is a, a, a toilet paper business known as Freedom Paper. It's black-owned. They have toilet paper. They have uh, hand towels. It's a black business that sells toilet paper. You you can Google them. Freedom. Freedom paper. Look at them. Purchase your toilet paper from them. You know, there are businesses that are black-owned that we can support. And until we begin to deal with the real issue, which is economic, you see, because all of these things that are happening such as the unfortunate incident um, with Eric Garner, the unfortunate incident uh, that happened with Michael Brown. I could go down the list, Trayvon Martin. In New Jersey, you have issues that happen. All of those would be resolved if we had a voice that spoke for us, and the voice that speaks for us is an economic voice that will tell, let's say something happens that's inappropriate and we're upset. We go to Walmart. We say, Walmart, none of us are going to go to Walmart for a year until this fixes itself up. That would do more than all the marching in the world. You better believe that Walmart is going to get involved if black folks said, I'm not going to buy from you this year. That's what broke the Montgomery bus boycott. The Montgomery bus boycott was broken not by the marches. It was it, the, the black folk brought the Montgomery bus boycott to their knees economically. That's what solved that problem. My only uh, regret is that during that 381 days of not taking that bus, I wish that we had developed our own bus company where we never had to get back on their bus. We need to start our own businesses. I'm I'm not I, I'm not uh, into a march without an economic resolve. Right, right. Because even um, Black Wall Street had about eight different bus companies. Um, and the more and more you tell people to, you know, be independent and uh, do on their own, the more problems that they see because we have become so reliant on this quote-unquote um, um, what, you know, how these jobs make us feel so comfortable and everything, which is, it makes sense. Absolutely. I uh, just received a message from a good friend of mine that lives in Sacramento. When I went out to Sacramento to speak to the community, uh, he was one of the sponsors that brought me out, uh, and uh, he has a what's called a Yisrael, Yisrael Farm, Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, family farm in Sacramento. It's an urban farm, and um, he invited me to eat lunch at his home, uh, and everything that I ate, I ate from the particular farm that he had right on his land. And I'm encouraging, there's a, a, a movie coming out that's dealing with urban farming. And I am putting on my Facebook page um, and also on my education page, Panther Prince for Ankh, a, a uh, comment about this concept. And when I ate in his home, um, I'll have to tell you, my brother Vickens, it was a most delicious meal. And we have to start thinking about growing our own food. This is another part of this movement forward. And I'm encouraging to look to uh, Brother um, brother Yannick, who is uh, the brother who has this farm in Sacramento, 
We need to start doing this in New Jersey and in New York and in Connecticut and in other places. We need to start growing our own food. And uh, that's another aspect that I'm pushing as it relates to this. And so if anyone's interested, I encourage you uh, to go to my education page, which is Panther Prince Per Um, P-A-N-T-H-E-R-P-R-I-N-C-E-P-E-R-A-N-K-H, and you'll see a posting of this uh, particular screening of urban farming. This is another thing that we have to do with all the other things that we're doing, my brother. We have to start growing our own food. And I know there in New Jersey, you have many farms in New Jersey. And so I'm sure that the New Jersey community, whether it be in Irvington or Jersey City or Newark or Trenton, places that I have visited, you know, you can begin to grow your own food. And this is another aspect we have to look at. Oh, yeah, I definitely am supportive of that. I know a young brother um, uh, from JerseyBuzz.net, so he's like 13 years old. He actually has his own bee farm. Um, my wow. family actually has land land in Haiti. Um, I've been looking to get everybody working together to um, kind of do it. But um, yeah, you're definitely right. Everywhere I go in Newark, there's all um, there's all these small little farms everywhere. Now, if we came together, um, we could definitely buy a lot. You could just go to HUD.gov or whatnot, HUD Home Stores, and find some property that um, was under foreclosure, and then we could get one and put our money together and, and do that. Um, getting a farm is, is uh, actually will empower us, give us power back, right? Uh, you know, the bottom line is that if you can feed yourself, you've got power. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a way to feed yourself, you you don't really have power. And uh, there there is, if, if people go to, um, I, I think it's a USDA.com, there's a government program for people interested. You could get a scholarship to study agricultural science. Oh, yeah, I saw that on your page. I was looking to see if I might possibly sign up for that, maybe at Delaware State or something. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, these are the, you see, Brother Vickens, these are the fundamental things that we have to think about. I'm all for teaching culture. That's my thing. I'm all for teaching culture, but I also realize that our approach towards this has to be multi-pronged. There's more than just knowing your history. It's, it's about going back and doing the basic things that need to be done. And, and part of that goes into understanding the power of knowing how to grow your own food. And even if you live in the Bronx and you have a little home, but in the back of your little home you have a little backyard, you can start to grow food in that little backyard. You can grow tomatoes and cucumbers and, and, and other types of herbs in your backyard. You can eat and you can sustain yourself, and that is power. And we have to start thinking on that level. When we start thinking on that level, everything changes. When you spoke about uh, your family in Haiti and having land, I was in the Bronx. I was in the process. I, I had met many of the black farmers when I went to a conference. And the black farmers were telling me that they were interested in making a, somehow of a relationship. And what I was developing, uh, and some things happened that didn't allow me to do this, but my idea was to start to make some type of summer camp for the children of the Bronx to allow them uh, to go down to go down south or go wherever the farms were, and during the summertime they would work on the farms with black farmers 
and they would learn from the farmers how to grow food, and they would help the farmers because they would be extra hands that the farmers needed to be able to um, uh, uh, do whatever they needed to do on the farm. If we started having summer camps where we could bring children from cities like the Bronx or Connecticut or New Jersey who have never been on a farm before, who have only been city dwellers, send them to farms as a summer camp where they can learn agricultural science and farmers can be able to benefit from their help and support. And every night they're able to eat the food that's grown, that they grew themselves. It would change the mental structure of our children and our people. Right, right. Because I realized once I started eating right, um, my, it was easier to think and, and solve these problems that seem so huge. Absolutely, um, brother. That This is part of what, what we need to move forward in the future on. These are issues. And there are people far better, um, uh, knowledge, far more knowledgeable in this area than me. I just know it needs to be done. But like I said, this brother, if, if you Google him, uh, Israel Farm, uh, Israel Family Farm, uh, his site will come down to you. And he, he, he puts up uh, posts about recipes, how to cook uh, different types of like squash soup and and how to, you know, he, he talks about his uh, work on his farm, and it's, it's a phenomenal thing, and we can do this. See, that's the other thing I want folks to understand. We can do this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, in the Newark community, at all these small little farms, they actually have the students that come and work on them. But we actually need to start to probably work within the community itself and, and not have to be subject to the school system. Um, the, 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 the properties are here um, for us to use, and I definitely like this Freedom Papers site that you um, um, you recommended as well. Um, so, so, so with uh, the the farming, um, do you think that when people farm, it's actually like printing your own money in a way? Oh, absolutely. That's another thing. You know, in fact, there was a brother by the name of Tony Tony Brown. He had a TV show. And he tried to create a black dollar. He put Booker T. Washington's face on it and Marcus Garvey's face on And he created a way that you could go to black businesses and spend that money. Because when you stop and think about it, uh, the only thing that makes money valuable is the trust that you have in it. Right, and if you uh, have a, a $5 bill, let's say, that is uh, Marcus Garvey on it, and if you go to a store that values that dollar bill, then you can buy a book using that money. And if the if if a cleaners that is black owned has value in that dollar, you could take your clothes to be cleaned in oh, using wow. that dollar. It's the value that we put into the money because the money that we use right now, uh, we're only trusting that people will have value on it. Right, and those businesses that we go to that are attached to that. Um, and we see things like Bitcoin and things like that. Creating currency is uh, something that banks ask you now when you're creating accounts. Um, so it must be a reason for that. Um, so so you're definitely right. There's, there's so many solutions out here. We, we definitely just have to break it down. I, I see that um, you even sell a lot of DVDs and um, books yourself or PDF, um, where can people look for to, to get those those products? Yeah, yeah, you know, my thing has been to develop the the uh, human mind, and I believe that 
um, part of what has allowed me to open up to agriculture, open up to uh, economics, open up to who I am, is to know who I am. And I think that is a very important step. Uh, because if you've been told that you've never accomplished anything, there's a very good chance that you might not think you can accomplish anything or that you can be successful in the things that you try to do. So my area of contribution to our community has been in wisdom and knowledge. And in so doing, I've developed uh, DVDs. I'm in now in the process of uh, writing a number of books dealing with these issues. And... Um, uh, you can, uh, if you reach out to me, just like in the study guide I shared with you, at the end of that study guide is my DVD catalog, where you could purchase my DVDs and some of the other uh, materials uh, that I have, and uh, you can contact me, uh, you can go to my website, uh, www.pantherprince.com, P-A-N-T-H-E-R-P-R-I-N-C-E.com, and you can download my study guide and some other information. I've got a few DVDs on the moors that I have uh, there that you can download. Or you can uh, email me at uh, commonA777 at AOL.com, K-A-M-E-N-E-777, I'm sorry, K-A-M-E-N-E-777 um, at AOL.com, and I will uh, attach back my study guide. Uh, you can go to my education page, uh, which is Panther Prince Per Ankh. Per Ankh means house of life. Per means house or temple. Ankh means life in the Egyptian language. So you could go to P-A-N-T-H-E-R-P-R-I-N-C-E-P-E-R-A-N-K-H, and that's my educational page on Facebook. And we can and you can like my page, and we can start dialoguing on that page as it relates to um, the education of our people and our children. I visit uh, places around the country, and I work with people who are homeschooling their children. I work with teachers who are teaching our children in the public school system, charter school system. Um, I believe we need to educate our own children. That's my bottom line, to educate our own children. But if we don't know what to say to them, then it doesn't make a difference what we do. So I try to teach the community um, certain things about our culture, about African astronomy, African mathematics, and how to teach our children. So that's my contribution, and, and that's my business. I'm a small business that deals with information, educational consultant, uh, DVDs, and things like that. And uh, I've been traveling quite a bit now since I've retired. Some people call it retired. I call it graduation, Brother Vickens, uh, from the Board of Ed. I, and I do a lot of work visiting and, you know, even talking to good brothers like you, uh, going on blog talk radio shows or cable TV shows, uh, talking to folk about the possibilities of educating our own people and how to put it together to make this happen. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, appreciate that. And you uh, you mentioned the Moors. Um, I actually have a, a dictionary right here, um, and it says that um, the, the Moors, Mauritanian, inhabitant of Mauritania, um, the Moros, black, dark, adjective, Moors, and uh, one, a native of Morocco, a neighboring North African state of Arab or Berber blood or of a mixture of the two, a Muslim of one of the North, native North African races or of the immigrant Arab settled in North Africa, um, one of the Sarkianic invaders of Spain uh, or his descendants. Uh, another definition in the Middle East, uh, in southern India and Kalanj, Muslim. Um, another definition, one of a group of people mixed Indian white and Negro blood living in southern Delaware, according to a tradition. They are descended from shipwrecked sailors of the colonial period. 
another definition, highly prized flag of goldfish. But what does more mean to you? I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he told me, yeah, he was studying more than great religion, but he doesn't take it for him. What's your take on more? Um, well, you know, I again, uh, I, I always go back, my brother, uh, and I always try to make it as plain as I possibly can, and I realize that there are many different uh, interpretations of this word and also uh, the concept as it relates uh, to uh, people um, dealing with this concept. Uh, and um, more to me, very simple, very straightforward, to me, um, more basically is a black person, uh, as, as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, more is a word that was used during the medieval period that defined a person that I would call of African descent. Other words that we have that could be used like this uh, would be uh, African it could be Negro, uh, it could be Ethiopian, you know. Now, I know that there are people that don't agree with me on that. This is where I am coming from, uh, because when we get caught up and create a particular type of person, that's where you get caught up with people introducing the word Arab into more. Arab and more are two different things altogether. Although Arabs are Africans, but the ones that we know of today are a mixture between the Eurasians and the Africans. But fundamentally, to be an Arab, you must be black. That's what makes you an Arab. That's what makes you a Semite, which means that you are mixed as it relates to a Eurasian and an African. But the word Arab comes from an ancient African tradition where in Egypt you had netchers that represented different aspects of the creator. In, in Islam, which is very interesting because many people don't discuss this nowadays, is that there were seven principles, there, there were seven principles, and our Rab represented the collection of these different uh, creator forces that Islam believed in. Even the prophet Muhammad, in his writing, says that God has many beautiful names. This is part of the Quran. God had many beautiful names, but those beautiful names really, when you look at it, was the ancient African spiritual system adapted by Islam in its impact from Africa and developed a language that came out of Ethiopia that we today call Arabic. And that is where this entire movement that we today call Islam came from. Now, it has been altered and it has been uh, corrected in certain ways, but uh, it's so important that we understand history because even as it relates to religions, we don't understand that all the major religions came out of Africa. And so the word more to me simply means a person of African descent. All right, when you say African descent, are you also referring to when all the continents were all one? No, no, because Pangea, the human family, had not come onto the planet by then. And by then, I mean they had not come through the process of life history. They were not on the planet when that original continental divide occurred. When that began to happen, the human family wasn't, in fact, many people believe there was no life at this time living on the earth. 
every every living entity was still in the water. And that was oh. Pangea. That was that one single landmass that our ancestors in Africa called Pata. Oh, okay. That makes you sense. You see, Pata, oh. now it comes down to us in science, it's called Pangea. Right, right. Um, and then so there was eruptions, there were volcanoes, there were earthquakes at 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 the at the foot of this mountain in the water, and that's what made them divide. Now the evidence of it is the fact that if you took all the island as puzzle pieces and put them all together, they would fit very neatly back into place. Like part part of uh, Africa would fit very neatly into the American uh, mm-hmm. continent. Uh, parts of Australia would fit right up into southern Africa. But the other thing is, not only do they fit as a topographical puzzle, but if you put them all together, even under the water, they would all fit back in place again. Oh, even under the water that happens? Yes, even under the... Because, you see, the main thing to understand is that every part of the world, you know, nothing is floating on water. Yeah. Every landmass is attached to the core of the earth. Oh, shit. That's, that's something people have to realize. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, these are fundamental things. And all you got to do is get a map of the ocean floor. <laughs> don't believe me. See, they don't teach yeah. this in school, Brother Vickens. They don't teach this to our people. They don't even teach this to their own people. If you, got, if you should Google, anybody that's listening to this program can Google the ocean floor. And the continents as it relates to the ocean floor, because I have a huge map of the ocean floor, and where the continents can literally fit together again, as a like if you had a mountain, and you carved up the mountain, and if you took all those pieces and brought them back together again, not only would they fit on the top, but they would also fit from the top down to the bottom where they came from, the bottom of the hill which is attached to the core of the earth. Because that's where land came from. It came from explosions in the core of the earth that sent the molten lava up through the water, and then it hardened because of the cold. It hardened, and eventually that's what became what we call land. But it all came from the core of the earth. And that's where we study geology. And at the top of the hill, the very top of the hill that eventually came up out of the water, at the very top of the hill, that the very tip top, that's the continent of Africa. Oh. And that's why life would come from Africa, because as the hill began to, or the mountain began to continue to rise up above the waters, which became Pangea, the one part of the, the mountain that's, that had the most sunlight was Africa. And that's why life would be created. And life created God. in the presence of the sun, it would have to be melanated. And that's why black folk are black. Mm-hmm. And that's a simple principle. That's science. That's not personal. But you see, white supremacy has created a social construct that says everything that's black is bad and everything that's white is good. But if you looked at science, that just wouldn't be correct. It's just not correct, man. It's wrong. And it's social and it's emotional. 